Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Welcome back to the Friday Form Panel with Jason Bonington and Dan Malecki. To hear those words, welcome back to the Friday Form Panel with Jason Bonington and Dan Malecki. Very, very excited for this. It's a difficult program. This wasn't the comeback card that I might have been hoping for. Eight races sounded great. I got pretty excited when I heard there were only eight. But then I started to delve deeper, Dan Malecki. Great to be on air with you again. And, you know, it was one of those things where you got good news and then you, you started to delve a little bit deeper and excavate, and I'm not sure the news was great after that, but hopefully we found a few winners. Wonderful to speak with you again, mate. Yeah, great to uh, hear from you again. Um, as uh, I think I, I uh, sent a message to you during the week, Chase, about um, a great comment from uh, from Mark uh, Twain. Uh, was famous <laughs> for writing uh, about uh, news of his death was greatly exaggerated. <laughs> so it's uh, great to uh, great to have you back on board again, Chase. Yeah, well, it may be mildly exaggerated in this case, but uh, one of the one of the great humorists. Uh, what was one of my other favourites from him? Uh, Something about a game of golf being a, a lovely walk ruined yeah, or something like that. But golf's uh, a, a yeah. great walk spoiled. <laughs> um, genius, of course, for those who don't know, Samuel Langhorn Clemens. He's the man behind Huckleberry Finn and Tom Sawyer, among other uh, genius works. But it is magnificent to be back. And I'll tell you what, it, it was a lovely message that you sent me and it warmed the cockles of my heart. And then I decided to, I don't know why, but um, I passed on the bad news that you might have already seen that uh, one of your... Pet peeves has, uh, has uh. reared its ugly head here in uh, this Saturday night card with at least one of the scratchings has already come through, but three pole markers as emergencies. And there's one race in particular, Dan, that, that pretty much uh, outlines and, and proves the point that you so often make because there's one runner drawn gate two, maybe the pole that I'm very keen to back each way. And yet I can't until tomorrow, really, can I? No, no, you can't indeed. And, it changes all the work that you put into it, all the all the maps, and and look, there's just no incentive to want to have a bet. And I mean, some of the organisations involved have got to understand punters and, and punting and being prepared to want to put a bet on early, which is so important. I mean, our fields and harness racing are out on a Tuesday, um, and by lunchtime on a Tuesday, and most of the time the prices aren't up until or Friday, so we miss out on three days of pre-post betting. And when they are in the emergencies have drawn one there's no incentive to want to have a bet a because of the deductions that are involved and if those uh, emergencies do get a run um, they can eat up a lot of those deductions but also change the way the races are run so you don't want to get in too early so there's a few areas there that could be cleaned up and be more welcoming for people to punt on harness racing I'll tell you what, I'll give it away. Why not? Why am I being coy? I don't like it when people go on social media and sort of say, had a bad day today, and everyone asks, well, uh, you know, what happened? So I'm not going to be coy. 
Vanquish Stride is the runner that I uh, will be talking about a little bit later in the free-for-all, $23.440. If there's no scratching, gets the pole, I reckon lands behind the leader, and you can have a decent bet. But as things are now, I can't, and I just have to sit and wait and sweat and hope things work out tomorrow. So it's certainly one of... uh, Many, many things that need to be addressed, but it'd help a hell of a lot with us trying to find a winner and back them on Saturday night. Let's kick off the the program here. First event on the card. Now, I thought the chance was the one to beat, but I wasn't expecting $1.65. I know you do your own prices, Mr. Mielecki, so please tell me um, what price you had the chance or whether you've got it on top. No, look, I, I, I priced him short enough, I would have thought, in a race like this. I had $2.20 um, and was right. satisfied that that would be the price. So I didn't expect him to be that short. I I did think that he stood out to a fair degree, but 165, it's hard to envisage him getting much shorter than that. Um, not really known for being a gate speed horse. He'll come out of the gate. Um, front line here, it's not... Well, you wouldn't think it's overly quick. He might actually be a chance to push on and get to the front. So initially I thought that $1.65 is just way too short. He can't get any shorter, but I'm not certain about that now. Um, Is there a horse there that you're thinking more so could work to the front or could naturally work its way across and get to the lead here? And Because if the chancer was parked, for example, he's clearly not a $1.65 chance. Um, If he led... He may well be, uh, but I, I was not certain that there would be something else in the race that would definitely lead. There are chances that could push forward, um, but if the, the chancer was able to get there <laughs> comfortably, uh, he, he might be too good. I mean, he was going to be a clear top pick anyway, and I wasn't too fussed whether he led or not, but if he does lead, it's an extra advantage, and maybe that's why he's $1.65, but... To answer your initial question, I've got $2.20 about him, and um, so $1.65 doesn't look like value. But again, comes down to the maps, and if he leads, he may well be that. Um, so he's my top pick, Jason. Um, I thought Forgot the Wallet's been racing particularly well. Uh, tracks through behind the chancer from the back line. Uh, she's in decent form, and I thought had an each-way chance. She's around the $8.50 mark at the moment. Tusock Creek, uh, if, if the chancer did end up in front, Tusock Creek's likely to get that nice enough run, and particularly if there's not a lot of pressure forthcoming. And he's definitely got a, a, a top four uh, chance. And uh, and the other one in the mix is the informed Pesci, and it's great to see Karen Manning back as well. She had three broken vertebrae, and that was from about a month ago. Told initially she could be out between six... Uh, weeks and three months and here she is back after a month but been uh, chatting to her and she's as fit as she reckons the little break has uh, done her the world of good and she's got a decent book of drives and she's driving Pesci uh, who's going for four wins in a row so I've I've put him into the mix as well here but it, it's uh, it's hard to find something with confidence that can beat the chancer now I'm seemingly more prepared to look outside the chancer simply because he's a dollar sixty five and trying to find a bit of value, and I'm, I'm, and I'm finding that part difficult. Yeah, I, I've been communicating with Kez as well via an intermediary. I don't know why I just don't call him myself. Uh, it's a musical conversation. Kez knows what I'm talking about. So the chancer here, I, I did map the chancer to lead, but are there chances to cross the chancer? Maybe. Um, you've got a couple of very aggressive drivers uh, wide on the front line here. Regal Rockland Bull, Uwa Lister, Lance Justice, 
Uh, and even Pesci's got good early speed if Kez wanted to use it. But you, you would think that within Jack aboard, the chance that they, they sort of protect him a little bit early sometimes. I think he's got the natural speed, hasn't he, to to get across the pole marker and probably hold those out wider. I've always, look, I've got a good opinion of this horse, but I've always thought he might be a slightly better miler. So if if one or two things didn't work out and it was over a mile, I think maybe, you know, that well, $2 is about as short as I want to go. But um, I thought he was a longer chance than that, just in, just in case, just on the on the possibility that things didn't work out early, because I don't know if he's the strongest customer in the world. He's got a lot of high speed, but I have got him on top as well. I thought the better betting option here, um, I'm with you, forgot the wallet, Black Booker last start, terrific run, follows through, lobs a good spot. Um, I think 8.50 about forgot the wallet is... He's more attractive, is it not, than a dollar sixty-five about the chance? I mean, it's it's pretty hard if you if you've got that between now and tomorrow night. If you start to really confirm to yourself that the chance is going to lead, it's hard to bet against them, isn't it? But at the same time, um, value is God, Dan. And I'm thinking eight fifty around. Forgot the wallet on an each way basis when you're getting two thirty the drum seems uh, a more attractive way to try and make a few shekels. Yeah, there's no doubt about that, is there? Um, and you've got reasonably good form to base that on as well, and particularly yeah. drawn the back line, saw that unfold last week, similar type of run, hitting the line strongly. So um, I think you're probably right. 2.30 does look attractive in this instance, and um, uh, partic- also if you're building up a little all up to something else that you might like later in the nice, well, it's going to more than double it, isn't it, just in one fell swoop by uh, getting a horse that can run top three as opposed to getting less of a prize for the horse that has to win. I'm glad you've spoken about um, all-ups because we've got a brand-new segment later in the show. It's going to be called Multiculture. <laughs> I don't think I've landed. Actually, we've got a couple up recently. <laughs> well, that's, uh, I'm glad you've set some momentum up because I'm not sure I nailed one prior to the break. That, that might have been why I was, uh, I was thrown into a sabbatical. Um, Captain Pins <laughs> in for third and for fourth, Pesci, who I don't know whether it'll go forward or back, but I've, uh, I've got a good opinion of that horse. And the one thing about Pesci... Um, little Joe uh, wasn't well. Didn't know how to win, Little Joe Pesci, for a while, and now has learnt how to win. And it's something that you talk about regularly, Dan. That um, um, do I amuse you? Do I make you laugh, uh, Joe Pesci? He he sort of had a habit of he had the the ability, but didn't quite know how to finish first. And he's done it three times in a row, and that that matters. Yeah, I I think it does. I I, I tend to think you see that uh, often, and. Um, for some horses, uh, timing also is of importance. They can win their races too quickly, too early, and then get thrown in the deep end and then mm. struggle. And in this case, Pesci, uh, what was he, 20-odd starts for two wins, um, so it was a bit lopsided for winning, but now he's balancing that up and he's enjoying winning. And there's an art form in winning and there's an art form in losing. And as um, form analysts and tipsters, uh, we're somewhere in between, but we're angling towards the top end of trying to make an art form of winning. <laughs> yes, uh, hopefully we can make an art form on this uh, on this program. And one key I will say, though, punting personality, when you when you are losing for whatever reason, as long as you're doing your form properly, you've got to be able to move past it very, very quickly and get back to winning. Time for a break on the Friday form panel. The boys are back in town. Jay Bon and Dee Mills will be back with seven more races in the Friday form panel. Coming up after this, the second event on the car, the Dynamic Print Trot. Back soon.